I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as falls and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to an all-new Nerd Alert. Thanks for joining. Uh, this week, we're running a man short, which is going to kind of mess up my uh, my intro for the week, but it's okay, I'll make it work. Uh, let me introduce to you my co-host, joining us from somewhere in time and space via the DeLorean, the super excited kid who is sitting way too close to the TV, the doc. <laughs> Wiki Wow Wow. Wiki Wow Wow West. Jim West. Desperado. Rough Rider. Rough no, you don't no, want, you don't not want a, none of, none this, of this. Six gun in this, brother, running this. Buffalo, Buffalo soldier. soldier. Look, it's like, like I, I told, you. told you. Any damsel that's in distress. Oh, we're just, okay, we're done. Now. <laughs> you know, I, I want to <laughs> say I'm. I'm almost 99.9% sure that they played this at Skate Country. Dude, they played this everywhere that year. There, It was inescapable. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think you and I, like, skated to it. We probably requested it. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> uh, we we seem like those types of guys. Oh, we, we are. We're still those guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you think I'm not going to slip the DJ uh, a tenor to play Wild Wild West at your wedding, you're nuts. He, well, we do have a do not playlist that we can yeah, send but him. I'm, so. <laughs> but I'm me, so I'm just like, hey, look, look, I know he doesn't want you to play this, but like, come on. It's going to be that followed immediately by bye, bye, bye. Oh, those are both being played, sir. You better be brushing up on your dance steps. Those are both going to get played. I, I promise you. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Anyway. <laughs> and if he says no to me, I'll send Whitney over, and good luck with saying no to that. <clears throat> so uh, this is where I would introduce our third member, and I would say the man who keeps the talk nerdy into me, uh, the, the member of our crew who still remembers how to program the VCR, it's commander scott but commander scott isn't here this week so he doesn't get that cool intro so screw him uh and once again i am obi john kenobi the one member of the family who actually reads the articles in tv guide magazine uh get it all of our intros had something to do with watching tv because this week we have a, a special topic um 
It's very specific and idiosyncratic, so I A apologize. very special episode brought to you by Nerd Alert. <laughs> this week, on a very special episode of Nerd Alert. The doc finds out he's a boy. <laughs> Just now? It took you that long? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be like one of us is dying of some random made-up disease or... Uh, one of us has an eating disorder. <laughs> the doc is hooked on caffeine pills. Did you see the size of that goddamn chicken? <clears throat> no, because anyway. I can't see, Pa. <laughs> this week on a very special episode. <laughs> I can't read. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, this week, <laughs> our topic, uh, this is something that I'm try- I was trying to trace. How did my mind get to this topic? And it all sparked somehow with a random text conversation between the three of us when I think it was Commander Scott started quoting Arliss Loveless, the villain from Will Smith's Wild Wild West movie, to which we all started quoting Wild Wild West quotes back to each other, which then led to last week while I was editing the show, I put on Wild Wild West because I hadn't watched it in forever. Uh, which then led my brain to start thinking of this really weird trend in Hollywood that like started in the eighties, caught fire in the nineties, but never really went away. Cause I was, I was writing down examples of these. And as I was tracking, I'm like, this is still happening every few years. You still see this. And what I'm talking about is taking an old TV show and rebooting it into a movie. Again, yeah. it started in the 80s. The first one I can think of, and there's probably examples that predate this, but the first one I can think of is Dragnet from 1987. Huh. The one where it's, it's Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. God, that's, yeah. Uh, which I love that movie. I do, too. <laughs> I just had an image of them standing in the chief's office in their uh, goat skin or sheep skin. Um, <laughs> Um, what's the word the uh the chaps chaps yeah like the chaps with pockets just full of drugs (laughs) showing they're they're out to stop pagan people against goodness and niceness p-a-g-a-n you look kind of tired there friday i had a date with connie swales don't you mean the virgin connie swales (laughs) love that movie uh that that was the 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 furthest one back i can think of again i'm sure if i keep digging i'll find more because this is one of those things where the now that my brain is like wired to be thinking of this uh every day since i thought of this i've come up with another one and i ran through imdb trying to check them uh so here's a list and this is not at all comprehensive that i put together of everything i could think of uh, of movies that fit this bill. And what I mean by that is, so the ground rules I set for, for the topic, um, it has to be a TV show that has been rebooted as a movie. It cannot be a movie continuation of a TV show. So Serenity no, yeah, doesn't no Serenity. Um, The Naked Gun, as much as I love them, they're a continuation of Police Squad, so they don't count. Uh, um, Wayne's World. Oh, I'm getting to that. Um, not a TV reboot of a TV show. So no Battlestar Galactica, no MacGyver, no Hawaii Five-0. Not 
Saturday Night Live characters or skits that were turned into movies. So no Blues Brothers, no Wayne's World, no Ladies Man, none of that. And the reason I cut those out is because those weren't really their own TV show. Uh, and and I absolutely, now that we've said that out loud, I want to do that as a list on a future show of just the best SNL characters that have become movies. Um, so that was the criteria to go by. So here's the films I've got uh, and their requisite sequels. This spans 1987 and 2022 yes i said 22 because one of the films is currently still in production for a release next year okay here we go the brady bunch a very brady sequel adam's family adam's adam's family values adam's family 2019 cgi animated movie the beverly hillbillies the man from uncle charlie's angels charlie's angels 2 full throttle charlie's angels the one that came out two years ago the A-Team, The Equalizer, The Equalizer 2, Spencer Confidential, Maverick, Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, The Girl Fugitive, no, you don't want another. <laughs> The Avengers, not that Avengers, the other Avengers, the British Avengers from 1998, uh, Dragnet, The Mod Squad, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible 3, whatever Mission Impossible 4 was called. Mission Impossible 5, I forget what the name of that one is. Mission Impossible 6, the one that has uh, Superman with his mustache cocking his fists. Uh, Mission Impossible 7, which is currently in production. <clears throat> Get Smart, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, Dark Shadows, Starsky and Hutch, Chips, I Spy, Miami Vice, Transformers, Transformers 2, I'm not going to list them all, just the Transformers movies. Uh, the Flintstones, My Favorite Martian, Bewitched, The Honeymooners, Inspector Gadget, and a whole bunch of others we'll get into as the episode goes on. But that's, that's again, those uh, the earliest uh, that I dug up was Dragnet from 1987. There might be some earlier stuff. And um, the one that it hurts me to say out loud, <sighs> the Rob Zombie-directed reboot of The Monsters, which is currently in pre-production. Yikes. So... 87 to right now, we're still doing it. Every couple of years, it seems like we try this again um, to varying degrees of success. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of like they're like, like, oh, you know, remember that one that was good, but then they forget about the like 10 others that were awful. Well, and it's it's so weird, too, because these these films all run the gamut of like they run you have stuff like dragnet which is for the 80s and it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek where it's kind of poking fun at the original dragnet but it also is just like a police procedural it's just it's kind of a comedy because the case they're solving is ridiculous um high concept stuff like the brady bunch movies where the concept is the brady's are still in the 70s but everyone around them is in the 90s so like you know uh, uh, when Mr. Bray is like, hey kids, put on your Sunday best. We're going to Sears. And then they all like sing and dance in Sears. Uh, and everyone around him is just like, who's this weird ass family? Um, the Adams <laughs> family, which was pretty straightforward. Beverly Hillbillies, which is just a straight up modern adaptation of it. Um, then you get stuff like Man from Uncle, which I love. It's a great spy movie. But the organization, Uncle, that they work for isn't in the movie at all. It's like the origin story of how the two spies met and started to work together. Um, it's 
it's it's crazy, man. And there's one I'll bring up later where it's like someone got their head way up their ass trying to come up with like a clever concept. Because some of these are just straight up like, hey, let's just let's let's take uh, this thing, this TV show, this story, this concept, whatever, and let's refresh it for a modern audience and do it as a movie. Pretty straightforward. And then again, some of these get really weird and really out there. Um, but that's what we're talking about today. Is TV shows turned into movies? The good, the bad, the ugly. Should they keep doing this? Should they just call it quits and fucking stop it already? Um, and if not, what should be the next one we try? Uh, that's what we're here to talk about today. So, Jay, before we get all negative, give me some of your favorites. Um, now I never saw this TV show, okay, but I saw the movie and then I found out that it was based off of a TV show. Uh-huh. And then I found out that it was nothing like the TV show. <laughs> that was quite the journey you went on there. Right. Well, or at least I've been told because I still haven't seen the TV show and I don't want to see it because of how much I really enjoy the movie. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, that movie is The Equalizer from oh. 2014. Um, it, I want to say. I want to say it's Denzel's answer to John Wick. (laughs) Uh, You're not wrong. They're very similar in that aspect. Um, While John Wick is more intense in your face, I would say that some of the stuff in the Equalizer was way more intense uh, than what happened in John Wick. I mean, a lot of intense stuff happened in John Wick, but there are some scenes in the Equalizer. I'm like, my God. How is this on screen, and why do I love it so much? Uh, <laughs> well, and they share some similarities because they both have that thing of at the start, it's he's he's a very mild mannered guy. He's working at like a a not Lowe's, like it's a, you know a big box retail um, construction Lowe's. stuff store that like, like it's, home, it's yeah like Home Depot, Menards, and Lowe's all had a baby. Yeah, but we don't because you know we didn't get rights to use one of those companies, so it's just a generic box store. But yeah. in, in in he started, he just seems like the nice guy who no one really knows his story or his past or where he came from or whatnot, and he's just, he's just the nice guy. And then well, yeah, I, I know his past. Well, we do now. He was a pip. <laughs> oh, he's a pimp. No, not a pimp. <laughs> no, no, a pip. <laughs> that was, was an afro. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it uh anyway go ahead sorry. uh and, and then stuff starts happening and he he starts helping people out around and then one day one of the cashiers gets robbed right yeah and, and i'm trying to remember going off memory and and they steal like her her mother's ring or something and that leads him down this road of of him sticking out his neck to help strangers out of this weird compulsion to help people and it's one of those, you know, sort of uh, maybe taken is maybe a little more of a, you know, he has a very particular set of skills. Yeah. He... Uh, that come out of nowhere and, and we're not sure where they came from, but goddamn, do we love watching him use them? Because I think, I think what started it all was actually the, he befriended a lady of the night who yes. was young right. and then right. she got beat up and he tried to go buy her from the Russian mob. And he always up, the Russians, man. Yeah. And he ended up murdering like four people with nothing but some corkscrews. 
<laughs> if you've never seen the movie, I don't want to give away too much because it's intense. Yeah. It's intense. So good. Anyway. Uh, but apparently this is one of the, I, I want to say, diamonds in an otherwise sea of crap sometimes. Uh, but I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. 60% critic score. 76% audience score. So, That's respectable. Uh, and Denzel in a light that you have only seen him in a few times, um, i.e. Man on Fire. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Action Denzel. We, we get some uh, virtuosity. That's some good action Denzel. Yeah. Um, sort of training day yeah yeah he's a badass in that no that's a that's a solid look it's you can always tell something worked if it got a sequel and equalizer did get a sequel that i still haven't seen yet i haven't Uh, either uh, to be honest with you i would like to but um i'm not sure they must have done something right because it spurned enough interest in that show that as of this year it's the show itself has been rebooted starring Queen Latifah. Huh. Uh, the only reason I know that is because uh, it aired right after the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I have no idea if it's still on or how good it was. I saw a little bit of it, uh, but it's, it's the same basic premise of this. You know, she, she has a, uh, had a life where she did some, some not nice things for one of those alphabet agencies, you know, they have three letters in their names. And she's retired, but she can't, you know, she's compelled to to use those skills to help people. Um, and I, I would assume every week is helping a new random person. Uh, but it, it, it must have done something right because the, the studio or the, the network was like, well, people kind of know what Equalizer is. Now let's give it a shot. Speaking of Queen Latifah and uh-huh. Saturday Night Live. Okay. Remember when her and Jimmy Fallon were in a movie together called Taxi? I don't believe that has anything to do with the TV show Taxi. It doesn't. But do you remember that movie? I, until you said something, no. I had blocked that from my memory. But thank you for bringing that back up. Oh, it's so bad. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Yeah, I watched that whole thing. I was like, where the fuck is Danny DeVito? Come on, man. Uh, see if Scott was here, he was laughing because he gets that. Taxi is an old TV show, kids. Um, all right, keep moving right along, man. Um, this should come as absolutely no surprise to anybody because we've already talked about this movie on a couple of lists, probably. Uh, it was one of my favorite TV shows growing up as a kid. It is one of my favorite movies now that I'm an adult because they did the concept of the show justice. Um, it is a ground up reboot of the, the same concept that the show used for a modern audience with an amazing cast, some great action scenes, uh, some hilarious comedy bits. It is a criminally underrated action movie. And I feel the only reason we don't have, you know, I'm not listing off sequels for this movie is because it came out in a summer with two other movies that had a very similar premise and people kind of got burnt out on them. I'm talking about, I was going to go through the intro, but I won't. I'm talking about the A-Team. <laughs> Infinitely quotable. That's how I describe this movie. Yes. 
you've got you've got Liam Neeson as John Hannibal Smith, the leader of the crew who always has a plan, and boy does he love it when a plan comes together. Uh, you've got um, oh my, just blanked. Uh, hangover guy. Um, shit, Jay, help me. Um, uh, hold on, I'm looking right at him here. Hold on. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Thank you. God, my mind went blank. Bradley Cooper as the face man, uh, the grifter with a heart of gold and a killer smile who can find anything. Just give him 20 minutes. Uh, you've got in what I is, I never would have thought of this actor for this role, but goddamn, he is amazing in it. Charlotte Copley from uh, District 9 as Howlin' Mad Murdoch, the legally insane helicopter pilot. And, uh, uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson. I was just going to yes, throw that out yes. there at making uh, his, I think his film debut. I believe you're correct. And, and honestly, look, I pitied the fool who had to fill the shoes of Mr. T, but I think he does a pretty good job as B.A. Barakas. Yeah. yeah. Even though they referenced the line, pity the fool, which isn't from the A team. It's from Rocky three, but I let it slide. Uh, yeah. Did you ask him to make a lightning bolt? (laughs) (laughs) He tried to escape by jump-starting a van with a defibrillator. It's my kind of crazy. You got to watch the... Is that... Because I can't remember if that's from the cut scenes where they actually show it. it, If you watch the extended cut, it is in the movie. If you're watching the theatrical, it's in the trailer, but it got cut from the movie itself. Yeah. Oh, God. But no, it's, uh, it's the origin story. It's how the team came together. It's the mission they went on where they're framed for the crime they didn't commit. Uh, and then their, their attempts to try to clear their names. Uh, and it, it ends with a perfect setup into a sequel of, okay, now they are exactly the A-team you remember from the TV show. Here we go. And unfortunately, we never got to go anywhere else. But uh, it is not the fault of this movie. This movie is amazing. It's got some of the craziest action scenes uh, that I love because it totally fits the A team. There's a part where uh, Jessica Beale's character, who's who's trying to track him down, uh, is, you know, these guys are the best, and they specialize in the absurd. And that is that that doesn't define the A team. I don't know what does. <laughs> How'd you know that door would hold his weight? Well, he we pulled off the same job. Yeah, but that was with a midget. <laughs> you pancake my van! I'm gonna kill you, fool! You can't park that there. That's a handicap zone. <laughs> oh, the buttons, the buttons, BA. I don't know what they do. <laughs> well, the buttons, Bosco. <clears throat> oh, God. Over 100 combat missions. I'm fine. I get in a helicopter with you one time, and now I'm afraid to fly. <laughs> give, him the, he, give him the shot, and then you catch him. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, like I said, infinitely quotable. Uh, a friend of ours, a friend of Obi John and I, Scott, different Scott. We're out playing. Uh, we're out playing golf one day, and um, driving in the cart. And he just turned to me and he said, "Doesn't Diablo mean devil?" And I just went, "Yeah, man." Uh, it's just things like that. So fans of those movie, that movie, you know the quotes. You can quote them to other fans and entertain yourselves for a long time. Do you want me to use that antifreeze marinade? Nah, please you. He got a little what? Bell's palsy last time. It's only partial paralysis. 
Uh, God, I love that. I love that movie so much. We could talk about it all day, but it is no, it's, it's one of those movies where it was in development for years. Um, cause it, the concept is, is so adaptable you know, it, with very little, uh, you can update that, that core concept for any era. Uh, I remember at one point there were, you know, there were talks of, um, uh, George Clooney as face and Jim Carrey as Murdoch with Tommy Lee Jones as Hannibal Smith. Um, you know, every, every like a few years you'd see, you know, hear rumors popping up of, uh, it's, it's in the, it's in development and here's who they're eyeing for these parts. And like, you know, I would have watched any of those versions with any of those casts. Cause it sounds awesome. I just, I love the 18 that much. And the movie delivered the goods, man. Uh, great cast, great action movie. Even if you've never seen the 18, it's a great action movie. Give it a go. Um, and just cause I, I also had it on my list and I happened to have it pulled up on Rotten Tomatoes. So unfairly, I think, but they are critics. This is the reason they're film critics is because they're criticizing the film, not necessarily the enjoyment factor, but 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. But audience score, 66%. Those are still entirely low numbers. That should be 100%. That is a fantastic movie. I don't know what's wrong with you people. This is why we can't have nice things. Sorry. Right? Oh, yeah. A-Team can't get a sequel, but we're making Mission Impossible 7. God damn it. Transformers, Dark of the Jupiter Moon, Titan. Rise of the... Rise of the, of the Cobra Skywalker. We'll be making Mission Impossible movies till Tom Cruise kills himself, but we can't get an A-Team Part 2. Right. Uh, all right jay we're getting negative give me another good one i love this movie i also think this is another one that it's not so much infinitely quotable but when you watch it you're like ah i forgot about that ah i forgot about that and stars one person that you when you see him on screen you're like no that's not him but then when you watch it again you're like yeah that's him uh what i'm talking about is from 1991, The Adams Family. With, uh, of course, Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Fester. And you, you, you would not tell it's him, but like, yeah. his, the way he acts, his demeanor, you're like, okay, yeah, I, I can see Christopher Lloyd there. Uh, man, I love that movie. I think it's hilarious. Um, very dark humor has a lot of I think sort of funny cheeky type moments uh, one of my favorites is when uh, Gomez when they get kicked out of the house and Gomez is sitting at home in the motel all day long and he keeps calling um, Sally was it Sally Jesse Sally Raphael, Jesse Raphael. <laughs> and she is on the TV and says no, Mr. Adams, we don't know where they are. Please stop calling us. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I don't even remember what the topic is now. But he's just, he's on the phone and he's just like, hello, Sally. Oh, God, I love it. What I love about, so that it is such a, first of all, that's an amazing cast. With Raul Julia as Gomez and uh, Angelica Houston, uh, young Christina Ricci in, in the role that, 
fortunately, unfortunately, kind of defined her career for a long time with Wednesday Adams. Uh, just, just heavyweights in every role, man. Uh, and people, it was such a great translation of the show to the film. Uh, they really got the tone of the humor. Um, still one of my favorite jokes to this day that I, I paraphrase all the time is, uh, <laughs> I'm still like, lemonade, would you like some? Is it made with real lemons? Well, I'll buy some of yours if you buy some Girl Scout cookies for me. Are they made with real Girl Scouts? I love that line. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um uh, <laughs> Because, yeah, it, it, it's a story you probably wouldn't have seen in the show where it's like uh, Fester may or may not be the real Fester. He's He starts out as an impersonator trying to figure out where Gomez's fortune is to swindle it, and they lose their mansion. And like you said, they end up you know, in a shitty motel and, uh, <laughs> and, and Gomez ends up becoming, you know, uh, Al Bundy for a while. Yes. Uh, but it's hilarious and the cast is perfect. Uh, and again, it was so great. It got a sequel, Adam's Family Values, like two years later. Oh, it's. Ah, oh, I can't think. Um, is it is it Carol Kane? Who did what? Is the grandma? I don't know. Ah, uh, it's the same same person who played um, Billy Crystal's wife in The Princess Bride. I think so. Yeah, and she—I <laughs> love her in that part. She's just so off the wall. Oh, uh, just everybody though, except for um, oh, I can't think of her name. Morticia. Angelica oh, Houston. You don't like Angelica Houston? No, no. I'm saying she's the ground, like she's grounded, like, but she's not. Like uh, okay, all all the other characters I would not are... use the term grounded for any of the Adams family. No, no. Okay, what I mean is like all the other characters are kind of way over the top, but she sort of has a calm over the topness that makes her more. I don't know. <laughs> calm just... over the topness. Got it. Yes, I. I mean, you've you've seen if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm saying or trying to say, as opposed to like how. Uh, Gomez is. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm rambling now. I don't know what you're getting at. <laughs> Again, I would not use the term grounded to describe. Solid choice. You know what, Jay? Huh? It wasn't me, it was the one armed man. Oh, uh, my number two of my favorite uh, uh, TV with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I would argue this is one of those things where the the film and pop culture has come to outweigh the TV show, even though they just rebooted the TV show like last year um, or a couple of years ago. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Uh, but this film, it has has a couple of scenes and a couple of lines that have become like pop culture touchstones. Uh, it's the story of a, a doctor, John Kimball, who comes home and finds his wife murdered and gets it's uh, tried and sentenced as the murderer of his wife, even though he, he didn't do it. And through uh, fate ends up being uh, sprung from jail and goes on a quest to clear his name and find the real killer. Uh, the whole while being chased after by Tommy Lee Jones, who plays the U S marshal. 
Uh, it gives us that that great scene when they're setting up the manhunt, and Tywin Jones is the one shooting to search every uh, outhouse, chicken house, whatever house. You know, that that uh, great speech he gives that I didn't bother to look up before I did this episode because I'm lazy. Uh, the, the the amazing uh, when they scene when they catch up to each other, and he's he's got uh, John Kimball uh, with you know his his back to uh, a dam. Uh, he's you know, and, and John Kimball looks at him and says, "I didn't kill my wife," and he just says. I don't care. <sighs> and and then uh, uh, we get that awesome stunt of John Kimball leaping off the dam. Uh, I love that scene. It's one of those great quotable things. Uh, the the train uh, wreck es- escape scene is is a great stunt. Uh, some great stunt work in that. Um, it's it's a solid movie. And again, it, what makes it great is it takes the the premise of the show, which is this guy is wrongly convicted and he's he's freed himself to try to clear his name and find the real killer. Uh, but instead of stretching it out over seasons of a TV show, we just do the whole thing in a couple hours. Um, and it's great because it, it, timely Jones chasing after Harrison Ford, who's just playing, you know, he's uh, he's, he's a doctor and he's a wealthy guy, but he's not like, you know, former spec ops dude, or, you know, he's, he's, he's not like an action star. He's just, he's, he's a dude. Who who found himself uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time? And he's trying to clear his name, makes he makes him you know relatable. Uh, but some great Tom or Tom, wow, fuck, uh, great Harrison Ford. <laughs> so I looked down and listened to Mission Impossible again, so my mind went to Tom Cruise. Great stunt work, um, a great uh, uh, action movie. It got a spinoff, not really a sequel, uh, a couple years later called U.S. Marshals, where it's centered on Timely Jones's character. Um, chasing after Wesley Snipes, uh, which also features a uh, a young Iron Man, um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, in that one. But the fugitive guy be top of the list, man. Uh, I'm gonna help you out, John. Okay. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injury, is four miles an hour, which gives us a radius of six miles. What I want you, what I want out of each and every one of you, is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, and doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up at 15 miles. Our fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. Bam. <clears throat> there you go. Sorry, I'm not Tommy Lee Jones, but you know. Now quote Two Face from Batman Forever. <laughs> I I don't have any I I, I, don't. I Let's get I this know. party started with a bang. Oh, why? We've always why? had two minds on the subject. Sorry, I know I got to bring everything down. I know I'm terrible. Uh, oh, and and uh, by the way, I wanted to give a joke answer. Uh, Batman and Robin uh, is is my favorite for best adaptation of Adam West 1966 Batman TV show. Because <laughs> that's Bad all nipples that movie. and everything. That's all that movie is. <clears throat> Bat nipples? Yep. Well, sometimes <sighs> Adam West would get excited and then, you know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, the Fugitive, my number two pick. <laughs> uh, you know, John, sometimes... You take a swing at uh, you take a swing at the material and you hit a home run. Uh-huh. But sometimes you take a swing at the material 
and it's absolutely nothing like the original. But yet turns into something that people secretly enjoy. It's one of those things that like you you don't tell people that you like, but you do like doing. Are we yelling it already? Um, it's it's one of those things that uh, like, you, you don't want people to see you. Like if you're watching it, uh-huh. you don't want people to know that you're watching it and enjoying it, and you kind of change the channel, and you're like, I wasn't, I, I wasn't watching that. And uh, I've with this next pick, I've come and gone, I've waxed and waned. I've I've you know ridden a roller coaster of love and hate with this movie, um, and what I'm talking about is what you popped in to watch while editing, uh-huh. and what I quoted the song from at the beginning of the episode. We're going right to it, okay? Ah, <clears throat> uh, Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. Rough Rider. No, you no, don't you don't want nada. None of this six gun of this brother running this. Let me let me so just at say least, okay. at least a third of this show is just us quoting the rap song from this movie. So right, you're I, welcome, everybody. Okay, I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw out a little a little caveat to this. All right, it came out in 1999, so little 14 year old Doc, who could go see a PG-13 movie, uh, loved this movie. But then I watched it again later in life, and I went, well, I don't know about this. But now thinking back on it again, it's like, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, the sort of weird campiness, the the entire interaction between um, Will Smith as Jim West and uh, uh, Lovelace. That whole scene, um, just, yeah, just the crazy over the topness of um, Artemis, uh, Kevin Klein, um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So it's you got to you, you have you have to you have to put this in 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 proper context when you when you watch this film you have to remember it's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld who had just done Men in Black was huge uh, solidified Will Smith as as a bankable summer blockbuster movie star uh Will Smith turned down a role in some weird movie called The Matrix to do this instead and in hindsight you're like wait what you turn down Neo to make Wild Wild West? Well, yeah, at the time, you read the script for The Matrix and try to make heads and tails of that, or your buddy Barry calls you up, who you just made a giant smash hit with, and says, hey, we're getting ready to do another one. I want you on board. It's a straight-up weird sci-fi action movie, and you're like, oh, cool, let's go for the hat trick. I did Independence Day. I did Men in Black. Let's do Wild Wild West. I'll write a rap song for it, because it's the 90s, and that's what you did. You Six gun of this. You have to keep that in mind when you're watching this film. Because running this. Everything on paper was like, yes, this is a good idea. Buffalo Soldier. 
Look, it's like I told you. <laughs> and then Jay's just going to quote the... the <laughs> I'm uh, but, sorry. Look, I can't. look, it's a fun movie. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It plays fast and loose with things like physics and common sense. But it's a fun movie. Will Smith kicking ass and taking names. Kevin Klein being the the uh, uh, the foil to Will Smith. Will Smith is the shoot first, ask questions later. Uh, Artemis Gordon is the let's think our way through this. And, and you know, if it gets to fisticuffs and violence, we've already failed. So they're a fun, you know, buddy cop kind of duo. Um, it's got a lot of weird steampunk inventions, uh, including the giant fucking spider. Uh, it's got some of the weirdest somehow offensive but but not offensive like you could not have pulled this movie off in any other decade uh the exchanges between kenneth Branagh and will smith uh arliss loveless and uh and jim west where loveless keeps making uh snide comments about jim west's race and jim west keeps making snide comments about the fact that loveless is disabled stand up be counted you know women winding your sails one minute and the next they just sweep the legs right out from under you oh god oh yeah uh you cannot make and i'm not even going to quote the things that kenneth brown says back to will smith because we're not going there um but again (laughs) it is such a product of its time um and there's one lasting effect I have to thank this movie for, uh, and that is if you've ever been at Burger King and you've got yourself a, um, um, what do they call it? Not the Cowboy Whopper, the uh, the Rodeo, the Rodeo Burger from Burger King, which is just a cheeseburger with some onion rings and barbecue sauce uh, that was invented to promote this movie. So thank you, Will Smith. Uh, let's not also forget Selma Hayek who is the glue that holds this whole thing together. She really is a breast of fresh ass. <laughs> that is a man's head. <laughs> oh, man. Look, I think we got it on the wrong foot. Uh, you're very upset about the whole redneck thing let's break that down okay red color of courage color of passion neck <laughs> i didn't figure that out yet but that brings us back you still got the red part and that ain't bad <laughs> then the whole drumming on the boobies thing what i was really saying was hey how you doing what's your name you look nice <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, and I. So Will Smith oozes charm in this movie. And unfortunately, his charm isn't quite enough to to make this weird fucking movie quite work. But I'm never bored when I watch it. Uh, There's enough action and weird inventions and mildly racist jokes uh and and salma hayek's butt uh and because i look i don't mean to demean salma hayek that's literally the only reason her character is there is to be something pretty to look at and to have the guys fight over her uh it is it is absolutely a movie that past 1999 would not have gotten made um yeah 
<clears throat> to the I love it. To the to the tune of a seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What's the user score? Twenty eight percent. Yeah, it's look. I remember this movie coming out. I remember seeing it with my dad that summer, and then promptly all the critics shitting on it, and me being like, "Oh, I'm not supposed." like this movie no what's why what's wrong with this it's how is this more stupid than men in black i would rather watch this than men in black too i'll say that right now i said it i dare i said it um i would too i would rather watch wild wild west than men in black too (sighs) no it's uh that that being said it is certainly not a good adaptation of the show. And I only know that because I caught a couple of uh, the show reruns of the show used to come on um, in the summer on whatever channel I was watching. Yeah, Chips would come on and then after Chips would be Wild Wild West. So I inadvertently caught a couple episodes because Chips was over, but I couldn't find the remote. So I guess we're watching this now. Uh, you know how that goes. But no, uh, first and foremost, the character of Jim West is not African-American. In uh, in the TV show, uh, there's a great interview where somebody brings that up to Will Smith, and he says, "Yeah, I brought that up to Barry, the director, and he didn't think anyone would notice." So, uh, it, the it is infinitely more campy than the show ever was, and the show definitely had some weird like, like the character of Loveless was a, a dwarf, uh, a little person. Um, he wasn't like a half man in a wheelchair. Uh, they did have some weird kind of steampunky James Bond-ish inventions, but nothing on the level of like giant mechanical spider. Um, to the point that they asked the original actor who played Jim West, whose name I can't think of, uh, to do a cameo in this. And after reading the script, he flat out refused. So <laughs> usually not a good sign. Right. If we're talking Western TV shows turned into awesome movies, Ooh. Jay, a safe bet would always be Maverick. Oh, I, guess I see what you did there. I see Thank what you, you did Thank there. You. No, not the upcoming Tom Cruise sequel. Uh, Maverick from, hold on, 1994 with Mel Gibson in the lead uh, is an adaptation of the show Maverick. Uh, about a a um, poker playing gambling cowboy, um, it is directed by uh, Richard Donner, uh, with a fun cameo uh, from um, 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 Danny Glover. Wow, my mind blank went blank for a minute because you know Lethal Weapon. Um, so it is it is an action movie western with its tongue firmly in his cheek uh you know it's an action comedy it's mel gibson at the top and you know, the height of his powers um just a super fun movie to watch uh, he's yeah trying to he's calling in favors trying to there's a big high stakes poker game he's trying to get into so he's going around uh collecting uh, money people owe him to try to get the funds to, for the entry fee that's kind of our wraparound thing of how the movie gets moving um and on the way he encounters all kinds of just uh ne'er-do-wells and bounty hunters and uh uh it's uh, he's 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 that you know uh, 
again, common with a heart of gold kind of thing, uh, who's always, you know, outwitting uh, whatever is thrown at him. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I do. I enjoy that movie. I think it's fun. It's fun and funny. Um, it's got, because <clears throat> Mel Gibson plays Maverick, and then his, his, his dad, who's also Maverick. Dude, spoilers. Oh, God. For a uh, movie from 1994. Ah, uh, and I can't think of who plays his dad. Uh, yeah, hold on, I gotta look it up. Um, uh, but it's super funny. I love the ending of it. Um, kind of a, it's like a happy but not happy. It's a perfect ending for that kind of movie. Let's put it that way. Uh every time that I think of the movie Maverick, I think of him taking. It was an. I think it was an English man hunting or to what? go shoot. He they're going to shoot uh, a Native American. Yes. They're swindling an old Russian dude out of his money. Um, yes. Because he's yeah. Yeah. Making him think he's killed an Indian and then he comes in to arrest him as part of the um, like Native Affairs office. Yeah, it, the whole movie is all just him pulling cons on people to get his money to get into the poker tournament. Uh, it's uh, James Garner. There you um, go. Who plays a marshal throughout the entire movie uh, who, who constantly runs into Brett Maverick, our hero. And like Jay already spoiled at the end, you find out that it's actually his father. So... Because James Gardner played the title role in the TV show, that's how they worked him back in. Uh, so you could, if you wanted to, headcan and say that really Mel Gibson is is Brett Maverick Jr. and this is some kind of continuation of the show, but it's not really. Um, it's also got Jodie Foster in it as another con artist trying to get her way into the uh, the tournament and uh, butts heads. Uh, my favorite thing is when uh, they get attacked by. Um, Indians and uh, uh, none of them speak the language except for Maverick and he's like no no it's okay I'll go with them I'll be a sacrifice and then oh you're so brave and then as soon as everyone's off camera it's like it's his buddy like he yeah. knows the tribe that's why he knows the language uh, and he's like hey you owe me that because that's that's the setup for the whole killing the Indians swindling the Russian guy out of his money uh, but then the next time they meet up that he meets up with Jody Foster and um, um, uh, my mind is terrible today uh, load phone James Garner uh, the, the next time he meets up with them it's, it's after he's walked off to be a sacrifice and uh, they're like oh my gosh you're alive and he's like yes but I'm not exactly what you'd call a whole man. And they, they he holds his hands up and he, he does the trick where he, like he pulls his sleeves up over his hands to make it look like they cut off his hands. And like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's awesome. Yes. It's awesome. Yes. Hilarious. Love that movie. Uh, it's, it's definitely a good one. Definitely a good one. I'd it's, check it out. If you've never seen it, I would watch it just for the entertainment value. It is Mel Gibson before he was crazy. Well, before we do anyway, it's no, it's look. Imagine uh, a fun action comedy from the same crew that does *Lethal Weapon*, um, and you, you're there, man. It's awesome. Uh so I mean, we've been talking about good, you know, and ones that we've liked. 
I'm, well, if we're gonna hold on, if we're gonna jump over it, I got I gotta get out a couple more real quick. Okay. Um, and there's an entire damn franchise of these movies, uh, but I really have to give credit where it's due. I think the first one is really good, and it's a really great modernization of the concept. Um, it worked so well. Obviously, we've made to to date six sequels to it, so the the concept is 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 solid, uh, and the 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 adaptation worked really well. That's just Mission Impossible uh, with Ooh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. The, the first one, especially where it's it's uh, straight up a an espionage thriller. It's not an action movie. It's a it's a spy thriller. It's you know backstabbing and trying to get ahead of the game and and because uh, what made Mission Impossible cool the the concept of Mission Impossible is it's the IMF the Impossible Impossible Mission Force. Uh, which are agents from all over the different branches of the government pulled together by the IMF to help pull off an impossible task. It's basically a heist show. And at its core, at its best, Mission Impossible has one of the most iconic heists in cinema history. Uh, You know it because it's been parodied left, right, and center, uh, where they're breaking into uh, CIA CIA headquarters to get the knock list. And Tom Cruise has to dangle from the ceiling with the harness and not touch the ground. And that whole sequence, that entire heist, um, whether you can follow the rest of the movie or not, that heist scene is awesome. And it's what every heist movie made sense is trying to get to. So Mission Impossible definitely deserves it. And then if Ron, well, following your whole guilty pleasure thing, unless you have something more to say about Mission Impossible. Well, I was just going to say that Mission Impossible, like, I prefer my Mission Impossible. I haven't seen anything past three. Um, and But what I prefer is, I say, for me, I go one straight to three. Uh, two tried to do too much action. It so, wasn't... yeah, and that's, the first three are interesting because the first one is, is like I said, straight up a, a thriller. And one of the big complaints was, you know, audiences got confused. So they overcorrected with Mission Impossible 2, which is just straight up a John Woo action movie. Um, it makes little to no sense. Uh, the story is ridiculous. Some of the acting is terrible. Uh, and it's it's very, very, very early 2000s, two-gun slow motion with dubs flying by action scenes. Yep. Which is not Mission Impossible. Three, they course-corrected back and tried to kind of balance those elements out. And from three going forward... Uh, they honestly, it's a franchise that I can say gets better the further you go. There's a weird misstep with two, but we got back on track after that. And then the series legit gets better. And if you don't believe me, go check out the box office numbers because Mission Impossible 6, uh, which was Mission Impossible Fallout, I believe, uh, is the highest grossing of the entire series to date. And it's rare to, like, yeah, movie number six in the series. Uh, did the best at the box office because usually by the time you get to six, you're like, yeah, so some of the background characters are now the leads and uh, we shot this for, uh, you know, five bucks on a ham sandwich over a weekend and, uh, like, you know, no one praises uh, uh, Police Academy 6 as being the best of the series, but Mission Impossible, they they do get better. Is it because there's Ghost Protocol? Is that four or five? (sighs) I after after three they drop the numbers and they go to subtitles and I honestly can't remember which was Ghost Protocol Fallout and 
and another one, and I can't honestly can't tell you which one comes first. I have them all, but I couldn't tell you which one. <clears throat> I'm I'm in the process of checking into this right now. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, Rogue Nation, okay. Ghost Protocol, Ghost Protocol in 2011, Rogue Nation 2015, and then Fallout 2018. And seven is currently in production. Or might be yeah. Production. So ninety six, and then two thousand, and then two thousand six with Mission Impossible three. And then they went a whole five years, six five years without making one. And then they're like, "Hey, Mission Impossible." Maybe maybe they needed to title it Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise needs money. I mean, look, if every time Stallone is hard up for money, he makes another Rambo or Rocky movie, Tom Cruise can have Mission Impossible, okay? Yeah, that's fine. I'm just... Oh, you just made The Mummy and you killed the Dark Universe before it got started? That's okay, it's okay. I'll make another Mission Impossible, it's fine. And I guess the same director has been on board since Rogue Nation. That makes sense. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie, McQuarrie, yeah. McQuarrie did Rogue Nation, Fallout. He's doing Mission Impossible Seven, and they have him penned in for an untitled eighth film. Of course they do, because uh, that's how Hollywood works. And of course, J.J. Abrams apparently is still involved as a producer. Yep, so. since the third one. Uh, yeah, but again, they 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 honestly get better. Um, but if we're going to go with the whole guilty pleasure, I know it's not a very good adaptation of the source, but I don't care. I love it anyway, movies. And here's where Jay is going to roll his eyes at me. I have a soft spot for Lost in Space Ugh. with Matt LeBlanc and Lacey Chabert and uh, oh, damn it, General Thunderbolt Ross, whatever his real name is. Uh, this is what happens when I don't prep shows. I forget actors' names and shit. And Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman. Yeah. How could I forget? Doctor Smith or whatever his name is. Will yeah, William Hurt. There we go. Uh, look, I get it. Maybe it's not the most um, faithful adaptation of a show, but the show is from the 60s and it's kind of it's it's very of its age and this is an adaptation made in 1998 and it's very of 1998 uh but i love it anyway uh that again that whole sequence when they're on the the ship they find that's overrun with the space spiders and and um um i can't uh not jim west don west played by um played by uh, Matthew LeBlanc is is shooting space spiders and running and he stops and he pulls off the kit from his back and he clips all this stuff on his pistol and makes his laser pistol a big laser rifle and then he has a little like combat targeting helmet that like it's it's CGI thing where it, like slips over his head back when that was like in 98 that was awesome cuz no one had ever done it before and uh, everybody does it you know think star lord but like you know two decades earlier that was awesome. I love that sequence. Uh, it does time travel in a really cool way. Uh, the, the visual effects are awesome. The costumes are awesome. The cast is in, in, uh, just embarrassingly amazing. Like, 
when I read off this cast, you're like, wait, they were in it. They did a sci-fi TV show remake movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, you've got Gary Oldman as Dr. Smith, William Hurt as uh, John Robinson, Mimi Rogers is the mother, Heather Graham, Lacey Chabert, uh, Jared Harris. It's it's a list talent making this stuff, man. It's maybe the most like stacked cast since uh, Adam family on this list. Uh, multiple Oscar uh, nominees, if not winners on that list. So. Yeah. I love this movie. I don't care. It's it's goofy, but it's fun, and that's all I need for my space movies. Also, the robot in this movie is fucking amazing. Oh, okay. I'll be. I will give it to you that there are some moments of this movie that are pretty decent and funny. Uh, one of my favorites is when they're about to launch, and Matt LeBlanc says, "And the monkey flips the switch." Uh because that's all he is, is just a, he's not really there for his combat record. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he, he sees it as a babysitting gig and he doesn't really want it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, <sighs> Mom always says I should make more friends. Oh, ha ha. Love this movie. Like Crush on Lane. Nothing at all, ever. <clears throat> I just, I can't, I don't know. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Come on. That robot is awesome, and you know it, Jay. You know it. <clears throat> I, you know, I, no, no. I like Gary Oldman, though. Uh huh. He, uh. Didn't hear Prave and Wild Wild West is so great, but I can't get on board with Lost in Faith. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I will admit that I, Put in Lost in. I've watched it occasionally, like maybe two or three times. Uh, but I will tell you one thing: that CGI monkey did not hold up. Yeah, look, it's ninety-eight CGI. It's not always good. Okay, <laughs> we ignore that. We go. We... <laughs> Don't judge this movie based on its blarp. Okay. <laughs> not great. Anyway, we sorry, we I... couldn't all. We couldn't all have that state-of-the-art Jar Jar effects, you know? Misa Jar Jar Binks. Oh, God. <clears throat> hey, I so said we're not going to make racist jokes on this show, Jay, and you're going to quote Jar Jar Binks on Jeez, man. Sorry. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. All right, so that, that's that's the last of my good and or guilty pleasures. So let's start basting some stuff. Well, like I said earlier, sometimes... You get a script and you hit a home run and it is a great adaptation and you take a TV show and make it even better and fans love it and critics love it, you know, and it and it performs well and it does everything you want it to. And then sometimes you hang all of your hopes for a leading man on the wrong kind of leading man. And definitely the wrong kind of sidekick. Because at that point in time, you just needed a big name. And it doesn't matter that they're not the correct ethnicity for the part because they're wearing paint on their face anyway. <clears throat> Do you, you know, you see where I'm going with this? No, and I'm kind of afraid. 
What I'm talking about is what I will call a huge flop, plop, drop in the toilet piece of crap. The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. <sighs> Come on, John, say it with me. The I, Lone no, Ranger. No, look, look, look. <laughs> there are times I go to the movies and I'm disappointed and let down a little bit. You know, maybe I had it built up in my head to be something it wasn't. You know, but I'm really excited going into it and it kind of lets me down. And you know, that happens, okay? It's par for the course, it happens. And then there are times when I when I get a little frustrated with the movie because I'm like, you know, all the pieces were there and, and you couldn't put it together. That that ah, come on now. And then there's movies like fucking Lone Ranger. <laughs> Where again, all the elements are there. You've got a great story in the Lone Ranger. You've got an IP that, you know, was huge back in the day, but is is ripe for someone to come along and do a big budget reboot of it. You've got Army Hammer, who honestly is pretty good. He's he's playing against type for what you think of the Lone Ranger. And and the movie starts out and they follow the storyline of the origin of the Lone Ranger pretty good. And then you get into fucking Johnny Depp doing Johnny Depp white face makeup bullshit in a director who apparently just never thought anything was too over the top and just said, no, go for it. A joke about a horse in a tree? Sure, we'll do that. The tone just gets all inconsistent and you're like, who who the fuck are you making this for? You leave a movie and you just want to punch something. And that's Lone Ranger. (laughs) Look, I... Went to go see this movie in theaters with my dad. The reason we went to go see it in theaters was because my dad was a huge fan of The Lone Ranger. Uh, He watched the TV show. He liked the comics. Anything about The Lone Ranger, he was all about. We went to go see this movie, and... He was super excited the whole time because it's the Lone Ranger on the big screen. He loved it. He loved when they started playing the theme from the TV show. And, and and you know, more power to my dad for just being totally 100% into this movie. That's great. And I humored him by going and I humored him after and was like, yeah, you know, it wasn't bad, Dad. He's like, oh, I loved it. And I was like, oh, okay. But, oh, man. That that was an event. That was a movie. Again, Disney was high off of that sweet, sweet Pirates of the Caribbean money. Oh, they were high, all right. So, like, hey, let's get the guy who made the first Pirates movie, Gore Verbinski. Cool. And we've got this new IP we're going to bring back, Lone Ranger. Cool. And hey, Johnny Depp's going to be in it too? Sure. He's going to play Native American? Is he Native American? No. We'll put him in a white face. It's Johnny Depp. It's fine. No one will notice. So again, on paper, you're like, hey, look at us, man. We got all from the team who brought you Pirates of the Caribbean. And you all thought we were crazy for making that. But look how great that turned out. 
we're gonna do it again and then again i want to shake them you're like who the fuck were you making this for it's got that stupid uh wraparound segment with old man tonto in the museum thing where it's like what is the point of this at all why is this here were you just wasting money it starts out kind of action comedy with the the big chase scene at the beginning and then things get dark when you know the the cavendish gang takes out uh um uh the the ranger and his brothers and in okay and then tonto finds him like all right it's like you know we're following the story it starts out not bad and then just the whole second act is like what the fuck did i just watch <laughs> yeah it, nothing makes sense the tone is all over the map uh where it's making fun of itself it wants to be a comedy it wants to be taken seriously it's got helena bottom carter for some fucking reason i don't know what her character is there for the plot gets super convoluted and messy and confusing. And you're like, what the hell am I watching? Uh, I, I think there's a weird love thing between uh, the Lone Ranger and his sister-in-law. Uh, and, and then, and then it's like, we get to a certain point in the movie and it's like, someone noticed, Oh, Hey, we only have 20 minutes left. Fuck it. We're in act three. Now here's a big chase scene. We'll cue the William Tell Overture for no reason because it was in the show, but we haven't really earned it, but we're going to play it anyway. We're going to have the the Lone Ranger do his big catchphrase, Hi-ho, Silver, away! And then we're going to have Johnny Depp shit on it. Don't ever do that again. Fuck you, Johnny Depp. <laughs> Sorry. Again, there are some movies that I'm disappointed in and some movies I don't like, and then there are some movies that are so bad they piss me off. And the more I talk about this movie, the more I'm going to want to break something because this movie royally pisses me off. Uh, what, what, what do you guys call yourselves? We're the Lone Rangers. <laughs> you can't pluralize Lone Ranger. He's alone. No? Well, there's three of you. You're not exactly alone now, are you? Come on, just uh, say it, John. Say it one time. The Disney presents the Lone Ranger. Come on, starring Army Hammer and Johnny Depp as Tonto. Come on, just say it. The Lone Ranger, huh? Yeah, yeah. Man, John. Disney really thought they had a hit on their hands with this one too, man. All that merch that nobody ever bought. <laughs> we, I think we found a trigger for Obi John. It's kind of like. Scott, Commander Cox, and uh, The Martian. <laughs> I wanted to like this movie. I was so excited for this movie. Because <laughs> I was like, man, this is this could be awesome because superheroes are big now and Lone Ranger is kind of a superhero. He's, he, you know, I, I dug into the character, man. I was, I was checking out comic books and I was digging up old movies and, and TV episodes and I was getting into it. And I'm like, man, I love this, man. The, the gun with the silver bullets because life is precious and you shouldn't ever just take someone's life. And, and the, the, the whole, why is he a lone ranger? He was a Texas ranger and he's the only one who survived. So he's the lone ranger. It was, it, 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 ah, it's so good. And they could have made it awesome. And then they just took a hundred and some uh, million dollars and fucked off. And it was like, here you go. We made a movie. No one's going to like it, but we made it. Jackass. Uh, uh, you want to hear something really criminal though, John? I don't know. Can I handle it? Yeah. Really criminal. Okay. 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
way too high. As opposed to Wild Wild West's 14%. Makes no sense. And, and Wild Wild West had a 28% audience score. Uh-huh. Right? The Lone Ranger, 51% audience people score. People are fucking high. <laughs> movie is terrible. Army Hammer is the Lone Ranger. Again, I'll watch Wild Wild West any day over this movie. Uh, oh, here's the ultimate test. Would you rather watch The Lone Ranger or Men in Black 2? Men in Black 2. <laughs> ah, that's how you know. And I hate, I hate Men in Black 2 so much that my collection goes Men in Black, Men in Black 3. <laughs> uh. I think I have International, I don't remember. So that's 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 one of my worst of the worst offenders. Aren't you glad I brought it up? Uh, my blood pressure sure isn't. <laughs> it's okay. I might be able to top it. Ready? Okay. Okay, Jay. What if I told you we were going to do a big budget version of a beloved sitcom, Bewitched? And we've got we've got Nicole Kidman set to star in in Bewitched. And then we're gonna pair her with Will Farrell. Sounds like a out of the park hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now what if I told you that the pitch for this show is we're not just gonna do the story of Bewitched, okay? Which if you haven't seen Bewitched, it's it's about a uh it's a 60s uh, uh, married old kind of sitcom, uh, husband and wife, and eventually a kid um, uh, living in suburbia, uh, comedy of errors kind of thing. But the twist is the wife is a witch. And, you know, she wrinkles her nose and things appear and disappear and whatnot. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's what WandaVision was ripping off for the first couple episodes. So what if I told you, instead of just doing like, okay, we don't just want to take like the concept of Bewitched and do it in like 2000. This was 2005 when it was made. Uh, we don't just want to update that concept because that might be interesting. What we're going to do is we're going to make this uh, that Nicole Kidman is playing a real witch who also wants to be an actress. And she hears that their studio is going to do a remake of Bewitched. So in our Bewitched movie, Bewitched is a show within a show. Oof. Uh, And she's going to use her magic uh, to help get her this part in this show within a show. Sounds like a great, great idea. Yeah, so apparently they were just trying to fuck this movie up. Uh, Because uh, as soon as you start explaining to people what it is, uh, people just get confused. Yeah, I'm already confused. I don't even... Uh, The the, the top review of this on IMDb is literally just says, I don't normally walk out of movies, but I walked out of Bewitched. (laughs) Nice. Uh, You you, uh, completely lose your audience as soon as you try to explain to them what your concept for a Bewitched movie is. Because you can't just do... A bit, you know, the story of Bewitched. You've got to fucking, oh no, we got to put a twist on it. Fuck you, you fucked it up. Yeah, movie is is horrible. First of all, Uh, (laughs) Academy Award winning actress 
And we're going to pair her with Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's, that's not good. As not her good romantic lead. Sure. Oof. Oh, boy. So not-, not only not only is it a terrible adaptation of the show Bewitched, it in and of itself is a terribly unfunny comedy. Uh, it is number one on my worst list is Bewitched from 2005. Uh, I've never actually seen it because I had no inkling to see it. I stumbled into it because my mom was watching it one day. And I was like, oh, how much did I miss? She goes, oh, I'm only a few minutes in. I'm like, okay, well, catch me up. And as my mom is trying to explain the show to me, the the movie to me, I'm like, uh, yeah, never mind. I'm good. Have fun, mom. And I, I... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Keep it rolling. What are the worst? There's a lot of them. Well, John. Yes, Jay. 2005 was not a good year, apparently, uh, for TV uh, remakes. Here we go. John. I'm bracing myself. Okay. If I was going to ask you, and I know in the world and culture we live in that it wouldn't necessarily be a common thing to do, but put yourself back in, like, fifth grade, Kennedy Elementary, sixth grade maybe, and you have to depict a battle scene between the Union and Confederate Army. Okay. You with me so far? Uh Uh-huh. What color would you color the Confederate flag? Oh, orange, definitely. Why orange? Because that's the color of the General Lee. The General Lee. The Dodge Charger featured in probably one of what I would say is the most fun and entertaining sort of turn your brain off. Just, Hey, watch this show for half an hour. It's goofy. It's a good time. Hey, chase scenes on the little screen. It's a, it's fun. Oh, there's boss hog and Roscoe again. Oh, look at those Duke boys, the Dukes of hazard. And they bastardized it. I have completely blocked that movie out of my memory until just now. Who, who, pray tell, portrays good old, the good old boys, Bo and Duke, Luke, uh, Bo and Luke, Duke, sorry. Sean William Scott is Bo Duke. Uh, that name might sound familiar. Sean William Scott, a.k.a. Stifler. Stifler. And Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, Luke Duke. Of course... The trio would not be complete without their cousin, Daisy Duke, played by Jessica Simpson. So already... I got nothing bad got... to say. I, I got nothing bad to say about that. <laughs> we've she already got... Yes, but I'm saying we've got some real heavy hitters in the acting category. Who played Boss Hog? Come on. Burt Reynolds. Burt fucking Reynolds. Which is not the correct casting for that who, part who was uncle jesse willie nelson <laughs> which i love willie nelson but willie nelson's a he's a they're moonshiners willie nelson is not a moonshiner yeah. <laughs> yeah not exactly uh here's here's the problem with with this movie okay 
they try to set it in modern in, in well at well contemporary time. They try to set a Duke movie in the two thousands. And every problem you have with the movie can go right back to that idea. They should have left it in the seventies. They should have emphasized the car chases. Instead, we get scenes where they're driving to, I think it's downtown Atlanta, and they get stuck in traffic, and they get chastised by black people for having the Confederate flag on top of the car, so we have to stop and have a scene addressing the Confederate flag. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, and for everything that the movie is awful, like the whole thing is awful, there's only one redeeming part of the whole movie, and that is the car chase scene through downtown Atlanta. That is the one good thing about the whole damn movie. And, and it's not just, even just that great. And Daisy Dukes. Okay, but it's not even that great of a chase scene. I mean, it's a good chase scene, but like, You're the just whole so bored movie, by that point. the whole movie should have been that. First Instead, of all, yeah. They, they focus on the like, stupidity of johnny knoxville and and stifler and yeah like, the characterization is terrible of, the, of those of bo and luke is is not at all totally off these are not a couple of good old boys in this movie there are a couple of simpletons that should not have a driver's license <laughs> that's the best way to put it yeah look there are some properties that are very much of their time and should be left of their time. And Deuce of Hazard is one of those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Forgot about that. Yeah, see, most people do. And then you think of it and you're like, oh my God, the Dukes uh, of Hazard. They did turn that into a movie. Uh, let me let me rapid fire a few real quick, okay? All right, all right, all right. So... And I almost didn't put this on here, but the Smurfs movie, uh, it pisses me off for one reason. Uh, it does one of my most hated tropes of any film. Uh, you see it a lot in kids' movies. Is So the Smurfs cartoon, the Smurfs live in their own world uh, and, you know, with Gargamel and, and their village. and like they, you know, It's very much a fantasy cartoon show. It is not in the real world. It is in its own separate weird little universe. So what do we do for the CGI animated kids movie? They find a portal and they come to our world. Fuck you, Smurfs. Uh, they tried to course correct. I think the third or fourth movie they did, it was all set in like the their own world. It was just a full-on CGI cartoon movie, which is what the first one should have been, but by that point, no one cared. Um... And then the one that really hurt me, because it pretty much killed this franchise before it even got off the ground. Jay, if I had to ask you what your favorite cartoon was as a kid, uh, let me be more specific. Your favorite cartoon with awesome military technology? With a, uh, a group of, of uh, uh, military specialists fighting off evil terrorist organizations that uh, had one of the coolest toy lines of all time? Mask. Close. <laughs> Smart ass. G.I. Joe, of course. It's a, it's a no job for snow job. G.I. Joe, right? Come on, man. Real American hero. The G. more you Joe know. There. 
Uh, dude, come on. So when I heard, when I was in college, I believe sophomore year of college, uh, I heard they're making a G.I. Joe movie. Like, fuck yeah, G.I. Joe, that'd be badass. Oh, and Steven Summer, the guy who made the mummies doing it? Oh, dude. Hell yeah, I love me some Deep Rising. Fuck yeah, that movie's gonna be awesome. And then the trailer comes out, and you see Channing Tatum and one of the Wayans brothers wearing some cheap-ass Iron Man costumes, and you're like, the fuck is this? And then you go watch the movie, and you're just like, okay, I was excited because they said the guy who played Darth Maul is going to be Snake Eyes, but man, he sure is boring. Why is Joseph Gordon-Lovett playing Dr. Mindbender? Why is the oh god are they why why is the why is the Baroness blonde and why is she dating Duke? Why are they pretending they don't know it? What what is happening? What is this? Because it ain't GI Joe. I'm talking about GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra. I don't know who what anyone was thinking who made this movie because it is not remotely GI Joe. It looks like they grabbed a couple names out of a hat and, and filtered them into some lackluster action movie and just forced all these characters into a, to roles that don't fit them. And, and, oh my God, I hate this movie so much. It's so fucking stupid. Bad CGI. None, none of the iconic vehicles you'd want from GI Joe. Uh, one of the coolest things about GI Joe is every character has their own specialization. They've got their own costume or uniform uh, to match their specialization. And everyone looks very unique, right? No, in this one, we all wear generic matching black armor suits. Because <laughs> that's Shout- G.I. Joe. Shout out to Brendan Fraser for being in it for 20 seconds. Best part of the whole movie. Uh, yeah, no, this movie's fucking terrible. They tried to course correct it uh, a few years later uh, with G.I. Joe Retaliation, and not even the charisma of The Rock could save this franchise. Um, it is it is dead on arrival, and it, it, it hurt me. It hurt me so deep because it's like, come on, dude. Anyone from the 80s who remembers G.I. Joe was like, yeah, that's a no-brainer for an action movie series. It's got a cast of characters that's like eight dozen deep, uh, so you can rotate out characters as his cast comes in and out of the movies. Uh, Cobra Commander wears a mask, so it could be any. You could throw a stuntman in there and have someone do a voiceover. Like this should be a franchise that we're on, like movie number eighteen by now. But no, we killed it within the first movie because whoever wrote that movie apparently had no recollection of what the hell GI Joe was about, uh, and and whoever greenlit this. Oh my god, it's fucking that, that stupid CGI. Uh, skull over Chris Eccleson for Destro that looks fucking stupid and the second movie had to cut him out because they couldn't even afford the bad CGI to make Destro's face talk (laughs) I think I've seen this movie all of one time that's more than enough yep 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 to quote Dale Peacock while watching Alien Resurrection so stupid. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So, I was going to pitch, is there any TV show you think should come back as a movie? But I think we've kind of settled it, Jay. No. I think if you're a TV show, you should say a TV show. Yeah. Uh, There's You get an occasional good one. 
and I say occasional, but like I can list off. Okay, you know, get smart. Uh, not great. Um, oh, I had another one and I lost it. Well, here's the thing. But man. My point is, my point is, you can you can go through lists and lists and lists of TV shows that were turned into movies that were not good. Oh, Miami Vice. Oh my God! How do you make Miami Vice a boring ass movie? Here's how. Right. Watch this one. Yeah, uh, you I take mean, it out of the '80s first of all, which is why the fuck would you do that with Miami Vice? It and it, it's just like, huh, so many bad ones to get a good one. The good ones. Aren't Again, it's it's amazing it's, though. It's I so mean, weird, know? man. To watch to follow this trend because the 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 original handful were sort of hey let's just take the story of the show and do it as a movie Beverly Hillbillies is is it's just the concept of fish out of water uh, and we're gonna update the characters and still kind of cartoony because the show was kind of that way too but it worked you know it was an okay hit Adam's Family we're just we're just gonna do Adam's Family as a movie and then as the trend goes on they start to try to get like quirky and creative with shit like Starsky and Hutch. From 2004 with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson as Starsky and Hutch. And no, I can't tell you which one's which because that movie's b- boring and not funny. They tried to do Starsky and Hutch was like a buddy cop action show. And they tried to do it as a buddy comedy. So if you're a fan of the show, you're pissed off because they're just making dumb jokes. They're not doing cool car chases and stuff like the show did. It's Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson making jokes. With 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 fucking uh, um, Snoop Dogg as uh, oh, what was the character's name? The informant guy. Like it's it, 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 you can't wrap your. They they tried to get creative with shit. And in in again, every once in a while, you hit on something that works. Twenty one Jump Street as a comedy, it works. Why does it work? Because that that concept is fucking stupid. Hey, you're a cop, but you look young, so we're gonna send you into a high school to bust kids. What? What only in the eighties does that show get made? So when you do that as a comedy and you make fun of how stupid that concept was, it worked. And what I love about that is in Twenty Two Jump Street, <laughs> the first thing you hear is that Ice Cube be like, "Look, nobody thought the Twenty One Jump Street reboot was a good idea, but somehow it worked." So now we're back for a second one. Like the second movie openly makes fun of, "Wow, that shouldn't have worked." So we're just going to make fun of how that, like the the end credits of the second movie literally burn through every conceivable idea you could do for another 20 whatever jump street movie because it sounds like oh it's 21 jump street and they go to law school it's 21 jump street and they go to medical school it's 21 jump street and they go to veterinarians academy like they 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 spoof themselves in the second movie because they're like this is so fucking dumb um yeah. But then, yeah, every then you hit stuff like Mod Squad, where like literally no one even knows what the word mod means anymore because it's such a thing of its age. And why would you try to do that for modern audiences? And again, I could read the list again, but it's like every one diamond in the rough you get, there's like five that are like, yeah, that was terrible, or worse, you forgot they existed because they're that boring. And as Roger Corman taught us, a movie should be anything but boring. The Lone Ranger, starring Army Hammer. Johnny Knoxville as Luke Tonto. <laughs> now I'm just yep. I'm, I'm just blending things I together know. now. Not taking that bait. 
So I I think look this concept translates well to modern audiences. Don't try to get cute and creative with it. Just do what made the show work. Uh, and and you really better ask yourself: Do I need to make this TV show a reboot, or can I just do something original? Please, please, please do something original. Talking please. to you, Rob Zombie. We do not want to see your redneck white trash version of the monsters. Please, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared for that one, James. Something original. I just want one, one thing original. Just, huh. But yeah. So let us know. Are there any we left off our list? Are there some you disagree with? Are there ones we had in our bad column you think are really good and why? Um, I'm some sure that we're in our we left off here. Some that were in our good column that you might think that are really bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we dare you to tell us 18 was a bad movie. We pity the fool who tries to teach us 18 was a bad movie. Are they trying to shoot down that drone? No, they're trying to fly a tank. <laughs> Which way to Berlin? <laughs> God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> ah. All right, so there you go. That's what we have to say about this weird trend that Hollywood just won't let die. Or I guess I should say Tom Cruise won't let die. Um, so, the yeah, let us know what you think. Thanks for listening this long. Uh, and until next time, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.